everyone, welcome back to QSR Nation, your weekly source of food service marketing and business strategies for success. Here are your hosts, Josh, Beth, Tony, and Grant from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holt Summit, Missouri. Hey everybody, welcome back to QSR Nation. As always, we have Josh, Beth, Grant, and Tony here from the PFS Brands National Headquarters in Holtzman, Missouri to talk about food service marketing and business strategies for success. Uh, it snowed a lot here last week. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, quite was a bit. You know, friends up north are like, shut up, quit whining. Yeah, My fine. friends down south are like, haha, it's 77. So I have no friends now, I just blocked them all. <laughs> Didn't we really oh, no, didn't know you had oh, any. Yeah, well, there good. was two. There was one okay. up north and one down south. So. Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about sort of the pros and cons of either going with a franchise or going with a private label agreement. Um, you know, there's there's many good things about both. So let's start with some of the pros of a franchise, Beth. Oh, yeah. thanks for tossing it to me first. <laughs> well, when it comes to a franchise, especially a well-known one, you obviously have that name brand recognition. So you're going to automatically get that um, loyal following that goes along with a franchise. But once again, um, a lot of times with a, a regular franchise, that support that you receive from that company and understanding that they've been in business for a certain amount of time, they understand the ebbs and flows of all of the different business types. Um, so I think that's something that you definitely need to consider of, you know, what kind of support are you going to get with that franchise? You also want make sure they're going to be encouraging um, that business flow in the future to make sure that you're going to be profitable not only just this year but for years to come. Right. Mm-hmm. Well and there's a lot of good points with being a franchise like Beth mentioned. You know a lot of this is determining um, that level of support that you're going to need. There's a lot that goes into opening um, a food service um, business whether it's a, a private label mom mm-hmm. and pop um, or if it's Subway, McDonald's, the Champs, you know Taco Bell, whatever you know. Um, there's all those different components that are there but and you know, there's obviously a, a large upfront investment in either situation and in the franchise you're going to have a larger upfront investment because you're paying for that support you're paying for those proven techniques those proven efficiencies you know that supply chain um, those you know managed costs to help you with your food uh, costs there you know training for your turnover to help mitigate that and help you know create better sustainable uh, you know team members employees to all eventually give you a great guest experience. So, I mean, you are investing those things, so you, you are buying not just a, a sign um, or a program, but you're buying, you know, support, you're buying training, you're buying experience. Mm-hmm. And that can really be invaluable, uh, especially with the rate that, you know, food service businesses can close, if not, you know, managed properly. And through the name brand recognition can really help with traffic in your door and, you know, inerrant trust through you know consumerism you know to say okay if i have a choice between you know, a or b i'm gonna go with b because it's a franchise i know it although a looks you know neat yeah um i'm, I'm a huge mom and pop um fan you know i i try to eat at those places all the time um but working in this space though i, I mean i definitely you know, see the, the benefits and uh, the wins that come with investing into a franchise mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just going to, one more point to that, you know, the, some of those uh, name brand um, places have, you know, years, like 50 years of name brand recognition built into that, um, the logo that they got sitting on their building. So that's a good thing to, you know, you can, you have to pay for it, but, you know. Well, you can capitalize off of capitalize it. Capitalize off yeah. it, yeah. I mean, you really get those, that's one of the main things about the franchises, minus the name rec- name recognition, is just to get those time-tested processes that have already been built out that you don't have to test anymore. I mean, I'd love to have Josh's Tacos restaurant somewhere, you know, but it's going to take me 
a long time, a big time investment to get my processes and everybody trained correctly. Well, especially with a name like Josh's Taco. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> <he's> there. <laughs> well, it's a franchise, so people have already eaten there. Yeah. <laughs> I do love tacos. Okay. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to add on this subject? Well, on again, on the, the franchise side, I guess a con might be that there is maybe a little bit more yeah. um, asset uh, capital needed, mm-hmm. you know, to get the investment going. Depending on the franchise, I mean, um, you know, you the Champs or a Blue Taco franchise, you know, you can open for fairly inexpensive. Um, whereas if you're opening, you know, another brand, I won't say it, but I looked at one the other day and it was a half a million dollar in liquid assets, and it um, wasn't. It was a coffee place. It wasn't a Starbucks, but it was a coffee place. Um, but it was a half million dollars in liquid assets needed to open up. You know, and you could you could open up a Champs for a tenth of that. You know, depending on what equipment you need, you need and stuff. So if you really want a ton a ton of flexibility, a franchise is not the way to go. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have, to, you have to follow their rules. Right. Yeah. I mean, not only do you have your franchise agreement, but the fact is, is I mean, if you don't want to follow those tried and true and tested efficiencies, then don't get into a franchise to begin with. Do your own thing. You know, be be your personality. You know, take on you know that risk and um, those, those uh, trial and error opportunities yourself. Because if you're not going to you know adhere to it, if you don't want to, you know, it's like, well, I think I can buy this cheaper. Or I think I can do that for less. I mean, that that's great to have those uh, that cost mindedness. But at the same time, sometimes when you create those cheaper products, they aren't apples for apples. When you start taking those things away, because you yeah. think, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know. Reduce my cost. Yeah, yeah, cut yeah. this, cut, and all of a sudden now, you, now everything is not consistent. Your consumers who you did have are all of a sudden like, wait, this doesn't taste like it usually tastes. They start to lose confidence, and then all of a sudden you're losing customers because now it's like, ah, I don't know if I want to go there now because mm-hmm. now they're questioning the consistency that you once had. So um, that's definitely you know if, if you're into just doing it your way, uh, franchise is probably not the right choice for you as an entrepreneur. Right? Is mindedness a word? It is now. <laughs> I'll add that to Wikipedia later. <laughs> One other quick thing to note too when it comes to franchises, double check the royalties before you sign on to make sure that if you're going to be a owner that hates having to pay back into royalties or understanding, I have, I'm required to spend this much on marketing within my area, you need to make sure that you understand that going into it because that's something that's not going to change. And there's a reason why they have that. And there's a reason why franchises are successful is because they do encourage that marketing. Um, So always look at every single angle and what the um, outlining factors are going to be for not just the first year, because a lot of them might throw in, you'll get free advertising, you'll get free this, free that. See what it's going to be for the next one, three, five years, just so you know what you're getting into. And well, and you know, to throw back to an episode that we had uh, last year with Karen Carson, you know, she mentioned one of the things that a franchisee, one of the advice she'd give someone is, put money aside to reinvest because a lot of these franchise agreements have remodeled deadlines. So every X amount of years, you know, they want you to, re- they want you to freshen, right. you know, the look. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind that when you're going, it's not just the capital you need to get in up front, but as you begin to become profitable and work through that, be- continue to reinvest um, for that. that's capital that would have to be invested by the franchisee, you're saying? Correct, right? correct. You know, whereas with a private label, I guess, you, you know, if you decide to do your own thing, Josh's Tacos, um, <laughs> um, you know, you don't have to remodel, right? Um, but at the same time, is you, you can know, look you, run down if you want. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the thing is, you know, I mean, whether it's a retail store, or whether it's a food service business, or whatever. I mean, you want to have you know clean, well lit areas. Yeah. You know, people can feel comfortable and, and, and know that it's being maintained. Because if if the facility isn't being maintained, then it begins to you know question whether or not 
the food quality and food safety issues are maybe being neglected as well. Yeah. I mean, you always will have those niche groups of people that they, they want to find the most hole-in-the-wall place. It doesn't matter if they've never heard of you, but they want to go and try it. Okay, you can market the heck to those people, and they'll understand that, yep, I'm going to go there. It doesn't matter. But just think about it whenever you do have a private label program and you have Josh's Tacos and no one's ever heard of it, um, that you're going to have to work 10 times harder and spend a lot more money to get people into the door to actually try it because they've never heard of your brand. Yep. And it doesn't matter that you might be purchasing product from a well-known um, company but you're not going to sit there and say I'm buying XYZ's, you know, tacos at Josh's, Josh's tacos. tacos. Yeah, I mean, are you going to sit there and advertise their name? <laughs> Josh is looking at me like, yes, I am. <laughs> now all of our all of our eight listeners have heard of Josh's tacos. <laughs> well, that niche group, go, please go visit Josh's tacos. Tell, tell so, your friends. But on, on the pro side for the private label, though, um, there's this immense pride and passion can be put into something that. That you know is yours that you've helped you know create a brand on. Um, I read an article the other day about Troy Aikman, and um, you know he has some restaurants, and he talked about one thing that that bothered him was um, one of the dishes had his wife's name on it, and he said when they revamp the menu, he's taking her name off of it because he has so much passion about it because like he's, it's not her full recipe anymore. Yeah. They, they had to modify and change it, you know, so many times that it's just not her recipe anymore. So he's taking her name off of it um, because he's passionate about it. And what was their recipe, he wants to have specifically be that recipe. And if they can't, you know, produce it on the level of the volume they need to, then he's taking the name off. So you do have that opportunity to have that great passion mm -hmm. and experience, you know, to drive this, to make it yours and, and to, you know, have something that, I guess is more legacy yeah. and you know driven in that mindset, but um, definitely definitely higher risk. I, I personally think I'm not you know re do the research yourself before you make a decision. Don't be like what well, guy in a podcast said. <laughs> it's that more was, of a, if it is wrong, that was Anthony. Yes. <laughs> in my mind, it's more of a true entrepreneurship type of thing where you know it, whatever you want to do, you, you want know, to take that risk and you have yeah, to try too. But yeah, I'll, and then on the flip side, you know, you just you won't have the support. So. Right, and what's great though about you know having your own brand at the same time is you know it is yours, and you do have that flexibility. I mean, I, like I said before, I'm a mom and pop guy. I will, I will, I will visit and eat a local restaurant. You know, eat there before I go to a chain any time I can, just because of the fact that I want to experience something different. I know if I go to you know Chili's or Hands or or whatever that I know what I'm going to get when I get there but if I'm going to go somewhere in town and you know Black Bear restaurant I think it was one of the places we ate at when we're out west I mean that place was amazing you know and you won't forget it I won't forget it <laughs> side tangent sorry like on the flip side of that though if you've never been in a food service so you're gonna if you're doing a private label option, you have to learn all these regulations and everything yourself as well. That's right. So that's obviously do your due diligence and do all your research out there. So absolutely. So just do like he said, a lot of research. Make sure that you understand the uh, his financial and um, laws that are out there as well as for being you know, caloric nutritional issues. Um, so lots lots of fun stuff in this space. I always thought a good food place minus Josh's Tacos would be to get the ribs from Menards and then sell them. Hashtag Menards if you're listening again. Those we ribs, love man. you, Menards. Now those ribs at Menards are pretty pretty awesome. There's a little food truck. just Yeah, you'd make, you'd make bank. Yeah. As a side note, we learned with the snowstorm, we were talking about this the other day, Menards, another plug, um, is that <laughs> if you need to get salt right before a storm, is that you should just go there because not only can you get your salt, because everyone's at the grocery store mm -hmm. getting their milk, eggs, and bread because, you know, everyone's making French toast for years. But um, you go to Menards 
counter it's because you can also get your salt and all of your groceries all at the same place and not beat the crowd. And you save big money. And you really do save money. <laughs> well, Menards, all, please that's, lo- <laughs> that's all very lovely advice. I wonder, so, if, I wonder if we send John Menard this like, link if he'll like, send us a like, check for... Do you want plugging. a first name basis with him now? <laughs> I, I'm trying to pretend I am, so don't blow it for me. Well, let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if everybody, if you're still listening, if you'd like to subscribe to the podcast, reach, you can subscribe at pfsbrands.com slash podcast. Reach out to us with any questions at qsrnation at pfsbrands.com. Uh, ask for anything else, but I don't want to go off on another tangent. So for Josh, Beth, Grant, and Tony, we'll talk to you next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cooper's Express. You can find your nearest location at coopersexpress.com forward slash locations. Be sure to stop by next week for another episode of QSR Nation. And be sure to check us out online at pfsbrands.com forward slash podcast. <laughs>